The Ride to Orbis podcast's main driving force is its community. If you would like to learn how to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash forward ride to Orbis. What's the song? It, I know it's a Final Fantasy song, or maybe it's some other JRPG song, but it starts with like a guitar. It's like a really rock and rolly song. And then he says, like, maybe I'm a lion. And then they go into a solo. You know that song? I'm pretty sure it's Final Fantasy. Maybe I'm a lion. Yeah. And then it goes into, like, a whole guitar riff. It's actually really sick. Oh, it's an FF8 song. Final Fantasy VIII? Yeah. I've, uh, I don't know what Final... I couldn't, I couldn't pick Final Fantasy VIII from a lineup, but that song's pretty sick. You know what I could do? Remember how I told you I can use the voice mod to, like, do introductions? I, that, yeah. could be, that could be your introduction. Whenever I say Broken Wing, and then I'll play, like, maybe I'm a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. All right. Second clap worked. We are live. My name is Max Fleischer. You are Broken Wing, and this is Right to Orbis, episode five. Hey, Broken, we got a big one. First of all, how are you doing? But we got a big one. Pretty good. I need that Be the Lion from uh, screen to come in. Just that, be that, the yeah. lion. That'll be next episode. So Broken and I were talking about how I want to add special intros. So when next time I say, you know, welcome everybody to Write the Orbis. My name is Max Splicer and I'm joined by when I before I say Broken Wing or maybe after uh, we're going to add the Final Fantasy VIII. Maybe I'm a lion tag because uh, that's a cool song. Broken likes Final Fantasy and we wanted to do that for a little while. We just needed the right voice clip. I think we found it. So anyway. Uh, that'll be for episode six, but this is episode five, and it's a big one because Right to Orbis is finally talking about the spoiler cast slash review discussion episode that we teased oh so many moons ago. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm excited because this is this is an episode I wanted to do really from the beginning, but we had some things we had to do before, and we had to pivot to some other show ideas. But here we are finally. Now, before we get to that, we got some housekeeping, as we always do. So, the first one, last week, I teased, not even teased, I sort of announced, soft announcement? Is that a thing? I soft yeah, announced. Soft announced. <laughs> That's a soft announcement. I soft announced the Ride to Orbis versus Coffee and Combos exhibition, and ladies and gentlemen, it is on. It is on. We're, we're going against Coffee and Combos. So this is tentative for Saturday, October 8th, 2022, 7 p.m. Central Time. Stream will be on the YouTube channel, the Mac Splicer one. The main channel, so youtube.com slash forward Mac Splicer. Tekken 7, online exhibition. We're doing it. Harada Netcode and all. It's going to be fun. The rules are first to one. With two lives. So if you lose once, you got one more live. And you can play again. The winner rotates. Winner does not stay on for the first round. So we can get it, get some different bodies in there. And then team captain picks the player order. Now, I was thinking, if I don't play, I'll just be team captain. And I'll kind of like shuffle the, um, the order around for team RTO. I don't know what CNC is going to do for team captain. I don't know if Cardi is going to be a team captain. If Ty is going to be a team captain. I don't know if they're going to play. But we'll see. 
So anyways, uh, RTO versus CNC, that's going to come up. By the way, uh, right to Orbis, we need Tekken players. So if you're listening to this and you play Tekken 7 and you're free on October 8th on a Saturday, please join our Discord, which you can do so on that. The link is found on every single YouTube version of this podcast. So youtube.com slash forward right to Orbis. Go to the description or to the pinned comment. Join our Discord and let me know that you want to be a part of our exhibition. Because listen, I did the math. It seems like we might have like six people to play Tekken, but those fools have like 12. So I was going to say, listen, we might have to do a six on six exhibition. If I can get more people, obviously you guys can add the people that you have on your reserves, on your bench to play in the exhibition. But otherwise, I just want the numbers to be even. So RTO definitely needs people. I need a recruit. I've been going on my Steam's friends list. I'm like, listen, I know we haven't talked in three years, but <laughs> can you do me a favor? <laughs> so um, I'm going to try and recruit some more people. I got like two weeks to you get people. You know what? Give me a second. All right. You're going to give me I some will... people? I need Give me some killers. I need some killers. <laughs> I can't lose. Let me, let me go. I haven't talked to these guys in a long time, but... Let me see if I can talk to some people. You said it's on PC, right? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I think I have a I have a I have a group called the Prime Dojo. These guys are really good. I'm talking about they're so good. I, I have to send you a video one day. Okay. Basically, last not last Evo, but like the second Evo that I went to, we had the Prime Tekken Dojo house. And they had Arson Ash and me there. Oh, shit. I can't. No, I can't have those type of people. That's too good. That's too good. I just want, like, I don't, I like, I honestly, I don't really care. I, I do want it to be competitive, though. I don't really know what kind of level CNC has over there at Tekken, because I haven't played every single one of their participants, their potential participants in Tekken. I know a few of them, and some of them, you know, they're kind of all over the place. Some just started playing. Some are experienced, intermediate. Some are pretty good. I don't know who's going to make it on October 8th, but I want us to have a pretty good lineup as far as like newcomers, experienced, and just, uh, I mostly want to people have fun, but I kind of want us to kick their ass too. So that's just my competitive edge going. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you play Tekken and you want to be on team RTO, please let me know. And, uh, yeah, holler at us. Cause it's going down. Coffee and combos is going down. No, it's going to be fun. I like those guys. I do like those guys. And it's uh, it's fun that we're doing it because um, it builds character. Can't have can't have uh, super killers that can do perfect electric wing godfist combos. Yeah, uh, <laughs> listen, if you can do those, you can play, but you got to be on our team. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, October eighth, twenty twenty two, tentative, but um, from what I understand, everybody can make that date, make that time, seven p.m. So please. I'll play. Come join us in the Tekken 7 exhibition. How do you join? You join through our Discord, which again is available everywhere. There are links out there. I say this every week, but YouTube description, YouTube pin comment. Same thing with our Patreon. Thank you to our patrons. They're going to be more so involved in the voting here pretty soon for the spoiler cast slash review discussion. Appreciate everybody who supports Right to Orbis on Patreon. Y'all are the best. And Broken, you brought up something the other day too. How we need to perhaps pivot the mailbag section. Because initially I thought, you know what? 
we can do a mailbag and fill a whole episode with just mailbag questions. Because back when we did Hollywood, there were times where we got so many questions where like, we, okay, we keep having to roll these back, roll these back, roll these back. So I was like, maybe with RTO, we'll just dedicate a whole episode of just answering questions. Unfortunately, it is, it's difficult for listeners to send in questions. And Jam in our Discord made a good point of that to stay topical because he doesn't know when to submit the question because we don't know when the episodes are. So you brought up the idea. I was like, perhaps we should announce when the mailbag episode will be so people can be prepared and then answer the and then send their questions. But I was thinking maybe it'd just be easier to hold on to the questions that are more so open-ended, like, hey, name your top three waifus or whatever, you know, some, something like that. Um, that could be answered at any time. But for things that are more topical, we'll just insert those into the show whenever they're appropriate. So if we're talking about TGS, we'll be like, hey, Jam on Discord says this. I think that's where I'm going to go moving forward. How, how do you feel about that? I think that's a good idea because then it allows the, uh, the audience to field questions immediately, mm-hmm. especially because most of the questions that I was remembering back in uh, when we were, doing, we were in the podcast, FPC Hollywood. They're very topical and like based on what happened that week. So now that we're doing questions like this, and it, it, it keeps it open-ended. Also, if they're, they ask a question that seems to be something that like we can answer later, and there's a lot of questions, we could still do a mailbag episode. But if it's something that can be answered in like maybe one or two sentences, you could just throw it in on an episode. Yes. So it allows us to be more flexible and it allows the audience to ask more questions because mm-hmm. now they know, they'll have a date on the mailbag episodes and then they'll also know oh hey if i have a question that could be answered like in maybe three seconds it'll just get answered on the podcast yep so that's what we're going to do moving forward so the mailbag is still open now that gives people who are listening an option if you have a topical question that for something that has happened and you want us to answer it um we'll probably do so if it's current. So you can still submit questions to our mailbag, either on the mailbag channel and our discord, reach out to broken wing, myself, Pringle the one on Twitter, um, on the Apple podcast reviews, you can submit a question there and I will take it from there and answer it. So Patreon, of course, uh, will read those as well. And yeah, you can reach out to us and we shall answer your questions. Now, Speaking of questions, I brought up Jam in our Discord, and he brought up something saying about topical questions. So Jam actually had a question regarding TGS, and he asks, what was the most exciting thing for you out of all of the TGS 2022 announcements? doesn't have to be a brand new reveal. I'd have to say the, the goddamn overload of Street Fighter news. Mm. We went from... What is Street Fighter uh, 6 to what isn't Street Fighter 6? <laughs> right. Also, we learned that whoever said that, whoever said that myth Ken? about Ken, <laughs> screw that guy. Screw that guy about the, the, the myth about Ken being, uh, like, technically it's true, but it's not even fully true. Like, oh, he's divorced and his wife took the kids. No, he's just on the run because. Someone said that he was in a, uh, like, he had some bad stuff happen. So, like, now 
he's just trying to keep his family safe and he still loves his family. So right. it's like, okay, he's not depressed. <laughs> Yeah. But he's on the run. <laughs> he's not a broken man. You know, give that guy credit, whoever made up that story, because it was believable enough for us to be like, wow, maybe that is the case, because, you know, at the he time, looked, we didn't know. So good on that guy. disheveled as well. Yeah. We were like, why does he look dis disheveled? Maybe it is that. Oh, wait. No, it's because he's got an assassination plot ahead, mm -hmm. on him, and so he's on the run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that was a good one. I will say as well, for TGS... TGS didn't have a lot of stuff that was catered for me. I'll say, I actually thought that the state of play, and I'm not a big PlayStation guy, but I just think about like Pacific Drive and all those cool games that they showed at, at state of play. I thought that was more in my lane. TGS, not so much. I will say Street Fighter VI, everything we learned from Street Fighter VI was, was probably the most exciting for me. So I think cool. the one thing that I thought was interesting is that Yakuza is getting a name change. From now on, it is no longer going to be called Yakuza. It's just going to be called Like a Dragon. Yeah, that's cool too. Which is basically Japan's first game where a game that has a different name in America and Japan is getting a localized single name. Because it is called Like a Dragon in Japan, but it was always called Yakuza in America. Mm -hmm. And so now they're finally calling. Because if you think about it, another example of this would be Capcom's Resident Evil, because it's called Biohazard in Japan. Right called Resident Evil here in America, though. But then it gets confusing because there's a Resident Evil colon biohazard, right? I think so. So it does. Naming conventions from Japanese titles to American localization does get a little obscure at times. Like Persona 5 Royal was called Persona 5 The Royal or something along those lines. So, yeah. I thought I thought Street Fighter Six was the most exciting thing from TGS. State of Play was I thought was also I, I thought Xbox had a really nice showing in TGS. Danganronpa on Game Pass, uh, Death Loop showing up. You know they had all sorts of stuff. It seems like Microsoft doesn't even give a shit anymore about like here's a new game. They're like no, this is Game Pass. Play Nino Kuni. <laughs> They're like they don't care. Just like buy By the way, Game Pass. Did you see that? I, I need to find this picture. I probably will find it after the podcast, but. There's a funny picture. So someone was at, uh, was on the Xbox Game Pass, mm -hmm. and it, it was showing Danganronpa, and it had the title Nino Kuni. <laughs> That's I was funny. Like, whoa, this is an interesting Nino Kuni game. Yeah, Wrath of the White Witch. What is Monokuma doing there? I didn't know you murdered children in <laughs> Nino Kuni. <laughs> right. Yeah, death by trial. I still need to play V through soon. TM. So yeah, uh, we talked about that, talked about mail change. Uh, no Pringle, of course. We wish him well, and we await his return. He's currently on injured reserved. If we were a football team, he'd be on the IR. So we shall wait until he joins us. And you can still bug him on Twitter, though. So if you have a question, you can still at Pringle the one. Uh, and then we'll, also put, we'll put in the mailbag. Yeah, Broken Wing, of course, yeah. Everybody. At everyone. <laughs> no, don't add everyone. <laughs> don't do that. Um, well, way, on Twitter. <laughs> I, do, I do like the fact that sometimes people in our Discord will get caught. They'll try to add everybody in the Discord. And I disable that for everybody but administrators and moderators, I think. So you cannot add everyone. I, you might be able to add here. I don't know. You might be able to. I should look at that up. So yeah, 
that's all we have for the first part of the housekeeping. Brogan, this, this is a this is a segment that this, comes back from FGC Hollywood. I think this section does not need to come back. <laughs> so yeah. Um embarrassment one oh one. You know, it happens. And anytime you're on the mic for more than 15 minutes, you're bound to say some goofy shit. Now, we get on this mic for over 90 minutes every week. So there's a lot of goofy shit that comes out of our mouth. So podcast corrections have returned to the podcast Right to Orbis edition. So here's some podcast corrections from last week. Last week, Broken was talking about the game that inspired the Resident Evil series, thinking it was called Gone Home, which is a 2013 narrative-driven walking simulator. The game Broken was thinking of is Sweet Home, a survival horror game made by Capcom in 1989 based on the Japanese film of the same name. So you weren't completely off on that. By the way, I didn't know what Sweet Home was at the time, so I couldn't even tell you. Like, I thought you were talking about Gone Home. But anyway, you were close, really close. I've had the name Home stuck <laughs> in my head, yes. and I was like, yeah, I remember Resident Evil was inspired by a game by something Home. Mm-hmm. And then when you said Gone Home, I was like, oh, it's that. Yeah. So, you were half right. I don't, I don't even know if that's like a huge correction. I mean, we were close. Close enough. Half a point. A point to Slytherin. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the listeners did not like us uh, talking about Harry Potter. I guess, because we don't know a lot about that stuff. So, I have told you guys already, I only went to Pottermore <laughs> just to cut up chicks, okay? I am not a Harry Potter fan. Neither, neither am I. I mean, and it showed in our discussion. Here's another correction. Last week, Broken and myself were talking about the butterfly effect, both getting the origin and definition kind of wrong. And so here is the correct version. I looked this up. Oh, boy. In chaos theory, the butterfly effect is the sensitive dependence on initial conditions in which a small change in one state of a deterministic, nonlinear system can result in large differences in a later state. The butterfly effect is derived from a metaphorical example of the details of a tornado. With the exact time of formation and the exact path taken being influenced by minor by minor perturbations. How do you say that? Per- Perturbations? Perturbations, which is a deviation of a system, such as a distant butterfly flapping its wings several weeks earlier. You can tell this sentence was written by a smart person and read by a dumb person. (laughs) So I apologize. I butchered that. And yeah, that's the butterfly effect in a nutshell. I I was saying it was like something completely different. Do I need to get you the book, How to Read Big Words for Dummies? I Yeah, please. Because uh, I think this is the back-to-back week that I already butchered a big word. What was the last word I butchered? It was like, I was, we were talking about Temtem and their, the what's the word that means multiple small islands? Oh! You know what I'm talking about? It sounds like osteoporosis or some shit. Yeah. Archipelago or something like that. Is it Archipelago? Archipelago. 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 There we go. Archipelago. Archipelago. Yeah. So I butchered that last time. I mean, I I just need to, like, you know, read more books that have those words. But, you know, I I don't read 
those, I don't know, every time I read books, maybe because I read fiction, is that why it is? I need to read nonfiction. I mean, to be fair, fiction also has big words, too. And also, you remember yesterday we were talking, or last week, we were talking about this. People don't read books anymore. Like, you remember how we had that huge debate about young adult novels? Yeah, that's true. And then we went into Discord, and everyone was like, yeah, no one reads young adult (laughs) novels or any novels anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just would never know when to use the word archipelago into my vocabulary. When am I going to talk about small islands? Or atolls, too. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, we're talking about the bikini atolls. Did you know about those? Perturbations. A deviation of a system. All right. I'll try to I'll try to add that into my lexicon. No, you don't have to. If I remember correctly, <laughs> there's a there's a saying that said that goes if you need to use a big word to sound smart, then you're just trying too hard or something like that. The point of the saying is basically if there's a smaller word that more people know to use, just use that. You don't have to like use a big word that you probably don't know how to use properly mm. to sound smart. Because then you screw up yourself and the person you're trying to talk to. Yeah. So just use smaller words. All right. I'll do that. Anyway, I'll keep trying to read them on the podcast and butcher them just for, for entertainment purposes. I mean, people can laugh, you know, and be like, you know, Matt can't read. <laughs> Stuff like that. You know what? You know what we should do? We should do, a, uh, we should do a small section called the word of the day or word of the week where you find <laughs> like a random word, word and we just explain it. Yeah. That's, that'd be cool. Archipelago. A s- small series of islands. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. All right, so that was the end of the housekeeping. Of course, if we have any more podcast corrections, moving forward, I'll add them to future housekeepings. Now we can finally get to what we're doing, what we're playing. Um, I have a quick story. I just want your take on it. Of course. The other day, I'm coming back from work, and there's only one way to come into to, to enter my parking lot uh, at the at my house or at my apartment building now this lady she's probably like my age late 20s early 30s maybe and she has her airpods in her back is to the street where i'm trying to get into the parking lot she's jumping rope she's skipping rope she can't hear and she has no idea that there are cars trying to get in. She just moved into the building. Now there's just enough gap where I can get past her. So I was like, well, that's weird. I've never seen that before. I've never been in this situation before. Just random ladies jumping rope. I want to park. So I was like, well, I don't want to honk to startle her. So I'm just going to sneak past her because she left and just enough room for a car to, to, to move by. So I thought maybe that's her thought process. Maybe she's just skipping rope. First of all, why are you skipping rope in the jump in the, in the parking lot? Go to the park. But anyway, so I, it is hot. So maybe she was trying to like, I mean, not defending her or anything, mm-hmm. but maybe her thought process was it is extremely hot, too hot to go to the park. Maybe if I just jump rope, cause I tried it. I was thinking about it, like jump doing jump ropes here. Then I was like, the ceiling's too small. Yeah. There's no way to do it. So maybe her thought process was like, well, let me just do some quick jump rope and then I just go home and shower and then go like do whatever the rest of the day. So possibly. But facing away from the only entrance to the parking lot while wearing ear pods, I thought was not a good move. Anyway, I sneak past her and I could tell that obviously because she can't hear, 
he like got startled, right? So because she didn't feel the car coming, she didn't hear the car coming, and all of a sudden there was a car moving right past her as she's skipping over. So she freaked out. Anyway, I park, I get out, and then she was like, you could at least let me know. And I was like, all right, whatever. Here's what I did. I had a long day at work. I looked at her. I didn't say a single thing, and I walked upstairs. <laughs> I didn't say shit. I was like, I'm not dealing with you, lady. So am I in the wrong here? Should I have honked? Like, how do I approach this? Because I, I just wanted to park my vehicle and get back into my place. In my, if I was the person to do this, I would have, like, first off, I'd open my door because my freaking front windows don't. So I'd open my door and I'd at least, like, lean out and, like, scream. Like, hey! Like, I'd wave and scream. And if that doesn't catch her attention, then honk. And if that doesn't catch her attention, I'd have just got out. Hey, trying to get through. Because at, at that point, like, yeah, you're pissed off. But, like, you do need the, the experience. And also, the last time I've done something like that where I sneak past somebody, they do get startled. Like, they got to the point where, like, they almost hit me because of that. And I'm like, okay, I don't need anybody to, like, sue me for almost getting close to them. So I'll, I'll play the I'll play the stupid victim game where I just annoy myself just to get what I want in the end. Because it's, it's easier for me to annoy myself than it is to annoy someone else and then a lawsuit or whatever happens. So I'll, I'll take the L on that situation. Usually how it works. I haven't seen her since, but I know she lived in this building. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, I don't think we're going to be sending us each other Christmas cards as, you know, friendly neighbors. But I, I didn't think I was in the wrong there. It was it was time for me to come back home. I just wanted to park. And she was in the middle of the parking lot jumping rope. And she left just enough room for my car to, like, move past her. And then she got freaked out because she has air. Here's the thing. I just thought that she had too many things going against her. One, back against the entrance. Two, AirPods in. You can't. You can't be surprised. You can't. I mean, honestly, if I was her, and I knew that there's only one in, in and out, you at know, least right? turn around, right? Yeah, like at least turn around, or maybe just maybe like there's a there's an area for stairs, right? Yeah. Why don't you just jump rope there? Like there's, there's a sidewalk the too. She could, yeah, yeah. She had options. She had options. There's so many places you could jump rope. Why the parking lot? I don't know. What I do know is Death's Door is actually really fun. I've been playing. I remember I, I was talking about Death's Door on one of our wrap-up segments. I was like, hey, I bought this game. It looks cool. You play as a crow. You slash things. I've taken a break from trying to beat Unfinished Swan. I was like, you know, and I'm kind of giving up on this game because I wasn't having fun. I was like, let me go have fun. So I started playing Death's Door. It's, it's really fun. It's actually really good. But man, I'm so trash at those games. You got to like fight bosses and stuff. And I can't like I'm terrible. So it's going to be a time sink, mostly because I'm trash. But it's really fun. It's a good game. I think that's, uh, that's the joy of those games, is that you start off weak as hell, and then you start to learn how to become stronger, and then mm -hmm. you start to just destroy things. Yeah. And that's the joy of those games. Honestly, at all of those, like, those type of games, the joy is honestly going from, I have no idea what I'm doing, to this is effortless. Yeah. Everything is my bitch now. I can tell that, like, the loop here is to fight a boss, learn what it does, die, and then come back with a new strategy. It was like, okay, I kind of know how to fight this now. And then in the second phase, die again and come back after you've learned. You're almost like, you know, 
what how do they say in fighting games first game is data except here mm-hmm. there's like eight games and then it's like oh, okay finally i i know what to do it's fun though it's a really fun game so that's the door i recommend it uh jj in our discord played it said it was fun said uh said some high praise or gave it some high praise so yeah that's what i've been doing that's what i'm playing speaking of games that are high praise the game i have to high praise is metal hellsinger if you're a fan of uh metal rock and roll you know those kind of songs you should definitely play metal hellsinger i mean it's got it's got disturbed in it and like lamo got it so like i mean nice. come on how can you not enjoy those kind of what kind of game it's is- it's a rhythm shooter. Hmm. So think of Doom if it was a rhythm game. Nice. It literally is Doom, but as a rhythm game. <laughs> and it is sick. Like, uh, you play as this girl named The Unknown. She lost her voice. And so she's going through hell to go and get it back. And uh, she's going to go and kill the devil. And sh- the devil, she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. And so, like... She sends the army of the damned to you. And what's cool is that, like, every action you do, you can do any action you want besides dashing whenever you want. But if you do it to the beat, you build up this rage meter and it changes how the song is played up until, like, if you get to, like, a time 16 bonus, you get, like, more points. You get the lyrics of the song being played in the background. <laughs> sick. You know, it's sick. And then, like, also, uh oh man it's it's so good like everything you do everything to the beat so like you shoot to the beat you reload to the beat you know you dash to the beat the only thing you don't have to do to the beat is just run and jump Mm. but like even then it's just like you 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 start to get to a rhythm of it Mm. like you start to feel like oh okay i understand and so like certain songs actually have different rhythms so you have to like shoot faster or shoot slower Mm. but you you basically it's one of those things where it's like the more you play it you just immediately get to it. And so like you'll you'll do stuff like you'll click, 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 and you you'll 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 understand the beat and you'll be like, oh okay, I see it. And it's really good. I'm telling you, like high praise. You should definitely play it. Sick. I'll uh, I'll look it up. Cause I I think I saw it in my show notes one time and it it never did come back, so I'll have to look it up on Steam. Give it a look see. But that is all we have for the housekeeping segment. Now, normally when we come back from housekeeping, we're like, hey, let's talk about some news. But not today. Today is a special episode. We're going to come back and talk about our review discussion slash spoiler cast list. But there's a cast. So we'll be right back and don't miss out. The problem is, is that like the carpet's always cold. So, you know. Couldn't do that again if I tried. What? Oh! I took the ring off, dude. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> Jesus. Do you ever take the ring off too? Like I always take off the ring. No, that was like. that just happened randomly. I just wanted to take the cap off, and the ring came off. All righty. We're back. Hey, Broken, during the break, I said that uh, I forgot to shout out Pants. He was on TMP in my pants in our Discord. Join us on the Max Splicer podcast, which is uh, kind of like an open conversation podcast that I'm doing with people. I just started. Pants was the first episode. And yeah, I totally forgot to shout that out at the beginning. 
So my bad pants. Uh, yeah. So that should be out. This podcast is going to be up on Monday on the YouTubes and audio stream. So the pants episode should be up probably like Wednesday. Right now I put it up on Patreon. The audio version is done. The video version is not done because I didn't edit it. So if you want to listen to it, it's on Patreon, just on audio, but it'll be on YouTube once I can edit it. And uh, TMP. Yes. Good old TMP, the Max Plus Podcast. So it's coming back. I'm going to start the series with just having some people from our Discord talk about some stuff that they're interested in. And then eventually we'll start creeping into the interviews like, you know, the infamous Clayton. Maybe we'll get Obama on there again. Mike Z. Let's go. Let's go. So. I need I need to I need to hear my boy Obama mm-hmm. back from the underground. Yep. So anyway, sorry, I forgot to mention that top of the show. But this is our review discussion spoiler cast, something we were talking about on episode zero. Remember you and you Pringle and I recorded a whole episode. We didn't record, we just talked about what we're gonna do with the podcast. So technically RTO has six episodes. One of them is in the vault, <laughs> never to be found. But yeah, so this is the segment that I wanted to do for a while. And like I mentioned before RTO started, you, myself, and Pringle talked about which games we would like to be a part of the first ever review discussion slash spoiler cast podcast. Now, initially, I wanted to go through on this uh, through this list on episode two, but with Pringle's absence, I figured we might as well wait. Get it over with. Yeah, well, just await his return. But then, you know, considering that he might not join us for the foreseeable future, I figured the show must go on, so we shall shall just use our list. So, even though we had fifteen games, five of each from all of us to discuss. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 games, just five of yours, five of mine. And our goal here is we need to pick two, two games out of the 10. And then once we have agreed on which two, which by the way, the two games don't have to be one game from my list, one game from your list. They could be both from yours or both from mine. Both from you. Yep. So once we have agreed on which two games will be moving forward, then it'll go to a vote by the community. And they will pick the game that we will play for the first spoiler cast. Smoilers. And by the way, I did censor last week's your smoilers over. Uh, what'd you smoil? Uncharted 4. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I spoiled Uncharted 4. And then I also screwed up someone's name. And so I was like, please. Uh, oh, yeah. Please, uh... <laughs> I didn't censor that one because that one's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I forgot. You said, uh, I forgot what you said, but it was funny, regardless. <laughs> the Twitter Twitter villains are going to come after me. Mm. So speaking of spoilers, we have a list. So uh, as far as the voting is concerned, so moving forward, even though we picked these games, and then we're going to give it to the community to pick the winner, moving forward, the audience will be able to pick pick the games if they can do so. And obviously, if, if we don't see eye to eye, we can veto if it makes sense to veto, or we can give them a direction with certain games because sometimes it's it's difficult to have, uh, you know, if we have like seven people, they all want seven games and we never come to a decision. So we'll give them a hand. Genre of this month is shooting games. Right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll assist if 
that time comes. So once Pringle comes back, uh, we'll reference his list for a future spoiler cast. But for now, we're just going to talk about ours. So here's just a reminder to everyone what my list and broken list look like. Now, I wrote a synopsis for every single one, but I'm just going to name them for now. Okay. And, then, and then we'll break them down and we'll discuss a little bit, okay? okay. So on broken side, Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, A Hat in Time, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, Darkest Dungeon, and Katana Zero. So those are your five. Yep. My list, Chrono Trigger, Stray, Child of Light, Hades, and River City Girls. So, and now here comes the synopsis part where we explain, where basically we advertise why our games are good. So do you want to flip the coin of who goes first? So we have the, so here's what I was thinking we could do with this segment. So I wrote the synopsis just from how it comes from the official sources. And then since Dragon's Dogma is your game, I was just going to open the floor to you after I read the synopsis and just explain to me why you picked the game. Like why okay. is, why was this worthy to be on your list of five? So that's kind of what I was hoping we could do here. And the synopsis is just mostly for people who have never heard of these games before. And then after that, you can give your pitch. So here's the synopsis. We'll start with the first game, and it's Dragon's Dogma. I was thinking maybe we can do, we can alternate. So we'll talk okay. about one of your games, one of my games, until we reach the, the list of five. So That works better than what I was thinking. So let's go. The so the first one is Dragon's Dogma. It's off of your list. Dragon's Dog Dogma Dark Arisen. So this is an open world action RPG developed by Capcom in 2012. Players embark on an epic adventure in a rich living world with three AI companions known as pawns. These partners fight independently, demonstrating prowess and ability that they have developed based on traits learned from each player. Set in high fantasy in a high fantasy world of Granisy. Okay, Granisy. I would have never gotten that right. Add that to the list. The player takes on the role of a human protagonist dubbed the Arisen on a quest to defeat. The dragon, how do you say that? Grigori. 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 <laughs> Add that to the just list as well. <laughs> don't even, don't even. Just Okay. <laughs> A being said to herald the world's end while uncovering a deeper conspiracy along the way. So that's quite the synopsis for Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. Now, Broken, this is a game you picked for the list. Explain to us. And explain to me, because I'm interested too. I've never played this game, obviously. Why, so, why did, did this make it? This game is a near and dear RPG to my heart. I love this game. It is... Um, so back in the day, the reason I actually first picked this up was it was a game that was given away for free during the first creation of uh, PlayStation Plus. Mm -hmm. And so this was one of those games. And I picked it up. I was like, okay, I mean, it's free on PlayStation Plus. Smile as well. Just give it a shot, right? I fell in love with the game immediately. Like this is one of those games that I just every night I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it. And then one of the things that is interesting about the game is you remember how you said that the uh, the pawns learn things from what you do. Mm -hmm. So actually, that's true. Like for example, if you, um, I will say this: the pawns are annoying as hell. <laughs> they they will be like anytime you. You can put this in the video. You can show it. Like, <laughs> you walk past a wolf, it'll be like, 
There be wolves arisen! Or they're weak to fire! Or something like that. I get it, okay? <laughs> right. we, this is the third wolf that we walked by! Mm. But uh, what's interesting is that like, if you throw wolves off cliffs or stuff like that, if you do it a lot of times, that will actually be embedded into the game. And then pawns will actually start grabbing wolves and throwing them off flat cliffs. That's sick. Because <laughs> they saw you doing, they're like, "Oh, this works. Might as well just do that." Mm -hmm. I like that. I also love how this version of Dragon's Dogma is extremely more difficult than the original Dragon's Dogma. Dark Arisen basically rebalanced the game. It added more classes. It added more. Um, more features, and it also gave way to this area called the Bitter Black Isles, mm. which is basically like, oh, hey, is this game too easy for you? Here, go here, Bitter Black Isles. It's like endgame content that you can access immediately, like, easily in the beginning of the game. And uh, the reason I chose this was because the creator of it actually said, hey, after Dem Devil May Cry 5, I want to make Dark Dragon's Dogma 2. And he has hinted that he is making Dragon's Dogma 2. So I was thinking, well, this is a this is my RPG, darling. There's about to be a sequel coming out soon. So before the sequel comes out, let's all play Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, get a feel for the game, you know, enjoy the game, and then get ready for the second one. So mm -hmm. that we're all, that way when the second one comes out, we're all ready and we understand how the game works and all that. Sweet. So I will say, just from reading the synopsis, I actually become I've become more interested in this game just from reading it because it seems like the world is very interesting. Two, I think I spoke about this before, maybe perhaps even last week, about how I used to work overnights and I had a college roommate who that's all he did. He, would, he used to play Kingdoms of Amalur and Dragon's Dogma, and every time I'd come back from work, he'd just be sitting in the living room, on the floor, just playing it, and be like, sub, dude, and then keep playing it. <laughs> and then I just, I just remember him sinking so many hours in those games on PS3, and I never really understood what the game was until recently I've been learning more about it to prepare for the show. And it does seem like perhaps this game was, I don't know if um, this is the right saying, but I don't know if it got it ro its roses or it's got its flowers at, during the time that it came out, because it seemed to be a little ahead of its time, because this came out in 2012, and I don't know if it was overshadowed by other games, or if perhaps this genre wasn't as heralded as it is now, but it seems to have become almost, even though it's come, it comes from Capcom, almost like a little cult classic, or a, like a hidden gem. So it's, uh, it's cool to see it now res resurfacing, especially on multiple platforms, and you, you brought up Dragon's Dogma 2. I believe that was one of the titles that was leaked back when Capcom um, had their whole, whole leak debacle thing. So uh, I'm sure the date is no longer 2024. It's probably pushed back, but Dragon's Dogma 2 was on that list. So that, that is cool that uh, a, another game is coming in the series. But I will say just from seeing a little bit of the footage... Looking up the synopsis, the world seems interesting. I will say I'm more interested in this game now than I was prior to learning about it. So um, it's a good pick. I think it's a good pick and definitely one that uh, could possibly be one of the two. All right, and now your game? So the first game that I have on my list is Chrono Trigger. Now this is, this is not like a cult classic at this, at this time because everybody knows Chrono Trigger. 
So you're born into this world, and the doctor tells you Chrono Trigger's the game. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was like, hey, have you played Chrono Trigger? <laughs> so uh, for people that don't know, let's say you were li- you've been living under a rock uh, for the last you know 80 years, Chrono Trigger, a classic 2D JRPG developed by Square in 1995. Featuring an active time battle system, a journey to the forgotten past, the distant future, and even to the very end of time alongside various companions you meet along the way. As Chrono and his party travel through time, they soon learn that it is all up to them to prevent a global catastrophe. The synopsis for this game is very much almost tropey. It's like, hey, gather your friends, save the world, yay! But... The way Chrono Trigger does it, in my opinion, is so unique because I remember playing this game for the first time, not knowing anything about it. And I was, I don't even want to give it away, even though I'm sure people have played it before, but this game has replay value because of the experience that I think you can get from it. Also, it's timeless with the the 2D pixel art style, so it, it never gets old to look at. The music is excellent, and I just thought that the storytelling in this game, especially with the way, and I'm a sucker for this stuff, Respect my time. Like, I love that the game is not too long. It tells you a great story and it respects the player's time by moving you forward in the narrative and making sure that you don't overstay your welcome in one specific area. And I thought that the party was great. So this is obviously going to be a replay for me, but um, it's been a while. It's been, I think, over 10 years since last I played Chrono Trigger. So it'll be a nice refresher. But I just thought that the characters were great. They were all very unique. The world is interesting, and I love the fact that the game almost makes you feel accountable for your actions, which in 1995, I I just think it's so ahead of its time. Like, There's a reason why they call Chrono Trigger possibly one of the greatest games of all time, right? So it's it's in the short list for sure, and I just, I couldn't say enough. And and you know me, like, I, I talk shit to these JRPG nerds in our Discord every day. I'm like, you guys are nerds, <laughs> but even I can't say enough good things about Chrono Trigger. Like, I, there's no denying its greatness, in my opinion, and I just think that this is an experience that would be so cool to dissect with all three of us and just talk about it in length, so I just think Chrono Trigger, despite it, the fact that it's been on, it's seemingly on every single platform, and it's come out multiple times in the last console generations, I still it's think Skyrim of oh. right, right. I still think that it's it's worthy of a playthrough. All right. Yeah, I've just noticed the first games of ours picks are like really long time sinks. Yes, they are. Well, Chrono Trigger, I think you can beat in like twenty or so hours. So still a time sink. Still time sink. Yes. Now, a hat in time. Oh my god, this is a this is such a darling for me but go ahead say the synopsis okay so the synopsis for a hat in time it's a platform action adventure game developed by gears for breakfast in 2017 featuring a tiny space traveling girl whose adventure is halted when all of her fuel the time pieces are lost and scattered across a nearby planet by stitching hats for wicked powers freely explore giant worlds and recover the time pieces to travel to new heights Inspired by earlier 3D platformers such as Super Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie, and Spyro the Dragon. Okay. I love 3D platformers. God, I love them. They're uh, so good. Because the, the reason I love these games is because I love the fact that like they offer so much freedom. So in A Hat in Time, you could tell that there are pathways to go into complete objectives. 
And the way they, they build these platforms is that there's the Weenie Hut Jr. way, which is like, here's a super simple, easy way to do it. And then there's the like tough as nails version where it's like, I do one jump into like super dash into like flip to dupe into like <laughs> goop up the, the roof to dupe and yeah. then boom, I'm there. And like, it's fun to do those kinds. It's like extremely challenging. But like once you figure out the mechanics of the game and you break the game, you can just like you can just freely like explore the world. Like there's a cool bunch of have you seen like the you need to look up the uh like speed runs of Hat and Time. They do some insane stuff. Oh, like sure. one of the one of the major things is that when they added uh the emote system to the game. That's an actual like speedrun technique where basically what you do is you you jump, you do a dash, you go and you boop, and she'll so like um that's a game mechanic, name? boop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what she'll do is a is a hat girl will be like boop and so she'll say boop and then you cancel the boop into another action, which oh, allows shit. you to go into further. It is so cool. Yo, boop cancels? That's good. <laughs> yeah, we got boop cancels, dude. It's also a fast game. It's one of those pick it out of your own pace. And like, I can tell you right now, I haven't even beaten the game because all I do is just play the mod levels. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems like, for one, silly. Two, it does seem fun. Like, it just doing the platforming itself seems fun. And it's been a while since I played a 3D platformer. I've I've played... Spyro oh, many many moons ago back when I had a PS1 so I I did enjoy it though so my game number two on this list is Stray now this is a game that has come out recently a third person cat adventure game developed by Blue 12 Studio in 2022 lost alone and separated from family a stray cat must untangle an agent an, an ancient mystery to escape a long-forgotten cyber city with strange inhabitants and find their way home. Along the way, the cat befriends a small flying drone known only as B-12. With the help of this newfound companion, the duo must find a way out. The reason why I picked Stray is, one, I think the aesthetic of Stray is really cool. Like, just the atmosphere, as it's said there in the description, cyber city, and it's so neat to have, like, the only living sort of organism being that cat in this robotic world and it's a cat so it's not a human so you get this different sort of look into yeah like you you get a a different look of how uh a a non-human interaction in this foreign world would seem so i only picked this game because of the fact that i was just like when i saw the trailer the premise is interesting, and the atmospheric design that it has to it. It's also there's a one button, meow, meow button. Me, there's uh, yeah, that's that's also a bonus. The stray doesn't have a dedicated meow button, so I mean, why not? And I don't even like cats, but the the game looks neat. There is platforming. I'm not sure if there's combat uh, or, but I do know that there's stealth, and for the most part, it's just kind of like a walking sim only in a third-person perspective, and you're playing as a cat. So, but it is, I do think that there probably is some sort of mystery to it because of the fact that you're in the, you're in this foreign world. So I just 
the reason why I picked this game is simply because I thought that it's like a very atmospheric environment to experience. And I am like, I'm a sucker for games that are experiences. So that's mm -hmm. mostly my kind of game, but I know it doesn't speak to everybody, but since this has been new and you play as cats and most people that I know like cats that aren't me, but uh, even I will play this game. So that's why I picked Stray for my second game. Alrighty then, chat room. We got... <laughs> Alright, say jam. <laughs> <laughs> Your third game. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. An exploration-focused side-scroller action RPG in the Metrovania genre developed by Artplay in 2019. Taking place in the 19th century England during the Industrial Revolution, play as Miriam, an orphan scarred by the alchemist curse that slowly crystallizes her body. In order to save herself, and indeed all of humanity, she must battle her way through demon-infested castle, summoned by Gebel, her old friend whose body and mind has become more crystal than flesh. Which I find hilarious, because how she gains her powers, she just injects more crystals into her body. Oh. It's pretty cool. If you like Metroidvanias, I highly suggest it because it's literally created by the guy who, like, invented Castlevania. Yeah. I mean, so it's basically, have you ever heard of Castlevania? Um, it's the Symphony of the Night, the one yeah. that got super popular because it was, uh, you played as Elucard and you gave powers. Mm. It's basically Symphony of the Night. Okay. But one of the cool things is that, like, there's a lot of cool secrets. Like, there's a piano in the middle of one of the stages. And you're like, what's this piano here for? And then there's like fairies in like certain areas. And it, you, if you kill a lot of fairies, you you might have a chance to gain the fairy uh, card. And the fairy, well, not card, um, crystal. And if you gain the fairy crystal and then you go back to this area, Miriam will actually just play the piano. And then the little fairy will do like the um, opera thing where, you know, like the sexy, sultry lady and like the red dress will sit on top of the <laughs> piano and will, like sing she the fairy does that and sings man so and some easter like, eggs in there huh yeah there's cool easter eggs i was like what is this this is so sick uh, it also has a. Uh, it also has a uh, solid snake in the game and i mean like come on now it does the voice actor for solid snake oh is actually okay. okay i thought the character i was like what is what is no. he doing there <laughs> no. no it's just the voice actor okay and he, he's he's cool yeah, I like the premise. I mean, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever beaten Symphony of the Night, but I definitely played it when I was a, a wee lad. And I there's also a lot of cool game modes that was added into the game. So like, you could play as the bosses themselves. So mm -hmm. like, if you want to kill Miriam, you can. That's sick. There's also you can also play as a uh, as David Hayter, so his character. You can play as him. You can also play as a uh, like. Co-op mode. I think they added co-op mode in already. Mm. But like, so you can play as both Miriam and the other guy. It's a lot of cool stuff in the game. Yeah, seems neat for sure. I know. Uh, I one of my buddies. I remember he played Curse of the Moon, and mm -hmm. that was like that's yeah. a two two D version, right? Uh, it's the prequel that basically become that becomes bloodstain mm -hmm. and what's cool about the prequel is that the prequel literally looks like castlevania because yep. it's pixel art yeah number three on my end child of light 
a side-scrolling platform role-playing or role-playing game developed by Ubisoft Montreal in 2014, featuring an active time battle. Now you can tell I do like this system a lot, which active time battle just means that there's a timer going on. If this is a turn-based game, there's a timer going on for both you, like a, just a general timer. And once it goes through, anybody can act, whether it's the enemy or yourself. So that's why I really like, you don't have to wait for every single turn. You better make a turn while that timer is going. So it is a, an active time battle system. Follow the story of Aurora, a young girl from 1895 Austria as she awakens on the lost fairy tale continent of Lemuria. To return home, she must fight against dark creatures of the Queen of the Night who, has, who have stolen the sun, the moon, and the stars. At, this, at stake is not only Lemuria, but Aurora's true destiny. I actually have this game on my PSP to... Yeah, so Child of Light is a very charming side-scrolling RPG. The dialogue is done in a form of mostly, like, rhymes. So it's, a, it's almost like a playable poem. And it's, it's a very unique game, especially during the time. So this came out in 2014. Ubisoft wasn't really making games like this in 2014. And then all of a sudden they decided to make more on the indie side. They made this, they made the, uh, the war game. I forgot what it was called, but, uh, it was also like a side scrolling, um, storyteller that, uh, was very unique for the time. And I just, I just think Child of Light's very, very charming. I've played most of it. I'm not sure if I've beaten the game. I don't remember. I played on 360 back during the summer of arcade, I think, one of the, in 2014 or 2015, whenever that was. And I just remember the game being really charming. And it's obviously kind of like, uh, like Chrono Trigger. This game has followed the console generations. It's been out on every single platform, and they put it on everywhere. You just said it's out on Vita. Of course it is. So, I mean, if you want, we could talk about... Uh... I'm Setsuna next. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I am not. No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, you don't like I am Setsuna? I thought uh, you said you love active time battles. That game is, that's a whole other podcast, my friend. I've beaten I am Setsuna, and I regret <laughs> beating I am Setsuna. Um, but that's a, that could be a game, that could be a podcast on its own. But the active time battle is cool. Child of Light does have that. And I just think this is a really charming game. I don't believe it's very long. It's an easy playthrough. And Ubisoft had these little titles that were coming out at the time. And I just think Child of Light is, is one of the better ones. So that's there why I go. picked Child of Light. Alrighty then. So we're at cool. your fourth game. And you definitely have a theme with, I mean, outside you know, had in time withstanding with some of these darker themes, uh, which is surprising to see from you. Cause I thought, I mean, that's more my realm. So it's cool to see that you have some of these darker themes. And speaking of dark, uh, darkest dungeon is your fourth game on this list. It is a Gothic turn-based roguelite RPG developed by Red Hook studio in 2016, emphasizing the psychological stresses of adventuring recruit train and lead a team of flawed heroes against unimaginable horrors stress disease and the ever encroaching dark uncover strange mysteries strategize with innovative combat all while wrestling with maintaining your sanity this game actually helped in producing my white hairs <laughs> really that's stressful huh it is so stressful because 
how do I explain it? So it is a dungeon crawler that is slow, methodical, and everything is out to kill you. Mm-hmm. And like, not only do you have to deal with, um, not only do you have to deal with the stress of just like walking to and fro, because like certain things will cause you to have some more stress. You have a you have a torch that like dictates how fast you need to move through the dungeon. But you also have to deal with the stress of your teammates. And you have to deal with the stress of what your teammates do. You have to deal with the stress of what your teammates do to each other and how they interact with the world. So, for example, let's say you go through a dungeon run. And as soon as you get done with this dungeon run, one of your characters gets... What's the, uh, what's the word called for when you PTSD? just need to... No, it's not, not PTSD. I mean, you, they will get PTSD. But what's the word called for where... When you're walking, you have to look at everything. Kleptomania, klepto, kleptomancy, or something. Uh, kleptomania is when you steal. That's what it is. Kleptomania. They'll they'll gain kleptomania, right? They steal. So now, let me explain. So now, <laughs> once they have kleptomania, if they're on your team, anything that you go through, no matter if it's like a uh, a tomb or a treasure chest or whatever, they have to open it. And so even if you don't have a key to open it safely, you're now just like, uh-oh, now I have to open all of these chests. And nine times out of ten, they're all, like, trapped. Mm. Which means that now it's a risk to take them with you because now you're going to be infected by these things that cause more stress. They hurt you. Healing is hard to do because, like, there's barely any healing in the game. So now you have to worry about, am I just going to activate a, tra- uh, a trap by accident because I have this person on my team? Right. You have the hero or the despair outcome. And nine times out of ten, you are not getting the hero outcome. You're getting the despair outcome, which just puts more stress on all your party because now they're despaired, which then they start saying, like, suicidal thoughts, which makes your other teammates oh, more Jesus. despair. It is it is a rough and tumble dungeon crawler. Man. So, like... I'm stressed out just hearing you listen about it. Talk about it. <laughs> That's what's that's the joy of the games. Like you it's get fun. out and you're just you get out and you're just like, oh my god, I barely made it out of that mm-hmm. dungeon alive. And that's what makes the game fun. It's just like the joy of like, oh my god, I did it. Yeah. I beat that level. So like if you love Lovecrafty and horror games, mm-hmm. there you go. It's one of those psychological horror games. So I do like psych horror. That is that is uh, definitely up my alley. So that is your fourth game, Darkest Dungeon. So we got three games to go, two on my list, one on yours. The fourth one on mine is Hades, a roguelite, or rather a roguelike action dungeon crawler developed by Supergiant Games in 2020. As the immortal prince of the underworld, wield the powers and mythic weapons of Olympus to break free from the clutches of the god of death. While growing stronger and unraveling more of the story with each unique escape attempt. Hades comes from a long lineage of great supergiant games. Bastion, you have Transistor, which I've never played Transistor. That could We're probably be play. on... That's going to be the next thing. We're That's going to have to be I'm on gonna, another list, yeah. I'm going to convince you to play Transistor because I am going to re-download Transistor just yeah. to play it because that's such a good game. Yeah, I've played Bastion. I really enjoyed Bastion. Hades, I actually had gifted to me by my friend Alt. Shout out to Alt. And I played a little bit of it. Obviously, I've, I haven't beaten it. But 
the pitch of this game is so cool. I mean, first of all, I love the music because I mean, the, it's just heavy rock and roll metal. Um, the combat is really fun. Obviously, you're dungeon crawling, getting stronger and dying, getting stronger. It's just I the gameplay loop is so easy to sell. It's just like, hey, just do things, become more powerful, do them again, and then, you know, continue to evolve and eventually get further and further into this dungeon. And it's uh, I just think that the, the amount of polish this game has just from the little amount of time I played it is really impressive. So. I just thought that this would be a really fun game for us to play. And it's it's almost like the the true masterpiece of Supergiant. It, at least it seems like. Now, I haven't played Transistor. Perhaps that is. But uh, this definitely seems to be the magnum opus of, of Supergiant and everything that they've done. So I just thought that this game, just from the little amount I played it, it was, it was super impressive. And so that's why it is on my list. Uh, I will definitely say though next next month we're playing Transistor. That's not a <laughs> that's not a uh, not a discussion. That's not a discussion. We're gonna play Transistor because I want to talk to you about Transistor. It's such right. a good game. I'm gonna re-download that game. <laughs> Man, talking about Hades got you excited about a different game. That's funny. <laughs> All right, your fifth game is Katana Zero, a stylish neo noir side scrolling action platformer developed by Akisoft in 2019. Set in the dystopian neo-noir metropolis, or metropolis, I'm, I'm an idiot, metropolis of New Mecca, play as Subject Zero, a katana-wielding assassin with amnesia who can slow down time and predict the future. Zero unravels his past while completing assassination contracts, all while featuring breakneck action and instant death combat. Why is this on my list? Because I'm a sucker. For quick, fast, in your face, learn the learn the room, learn the combat gameplays. This game is literally like have you ever played any platinum game? I have. And this is a platinum game on steroids. <laughs> and it I've is... only played one platinum game, and this is not gonna appease many of the platinum fans. I played Vanquish. I I didn't like it. Vanquish is okay. I will say that uh, this game, though, so good. It, what's one of the things I love about the game is that there's a certain these kind of games have like this little uh, ebb and flow to them. Where at the beginning of the the game, you start to like you you don't know what you're doing. You're like okay, whatever. Like you you die, respawn, die, respawn, die, respawn. But then once you start to learn the mechanics and you start to master the mechanics. You fly through the levels. Mm -hmm. And then that's the joy of the game. It's just like learning the mechanics, flying through the, the game, and just destroying everything. And then there's a hard mode, which just makes the game even more hard. So like once you've mastered the easy mode, you can go and play a hard mode. Mm -hmm. It's a fun game. And also, it's getting a sequel. So another one of those games where I was like, we should all play this game to play the sequel. I will say this. This is a very fast game. So you can get through the game really quickly. Also, there's uh, different endings to the game and secrets. So I thought it was it's a nice game to just quickly play and then be like, hey, I beat it. Let's discuss. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, so I saw the trailer for this game. It looks, I mean, you, I mean, come on, I'm a sucker for anything side scrolling. You know me. 
I love the neo noir art style. Like that is that looks really really sick. And I also love speed in games. I mean, the speed is definitely attractive, and both the gameplay and just the amount of time that it takes to beat. So, I think this is a great pick. And I I really liked what I saw from the trailer of this game. And also the, the soundtracks were really yes, good. Yes, yeah, the soundtrack did did uh, just from the the trailer or the rather the little snippet on Steam. Um, sounds great. Sounds great. And. I've never heard of this game until you put it on your list, and uh, it's definitely, definitely impressed me. So it's definitely one to watch out for. The last game on my list is River City Girls, a side-scrolling pixel art beat-em-up game developed by WayForward in 2019. Using a variety of attacks, weapons, and items, follow the hot-blooded Misako and Kyoko on their quest to teach the city's lowlifes less a lesson in an attempt to rescue their kidnapped boyfriends. So this is just a silly side-scrolling beat-em-up, kind of like an homage to the old beat-em-ups back when I was a kid. I used to play those. Those were fun. And It's got a sequel, yeah. a few sequels. Right, yeah. And it also has like a lineage, but I just think River City Girls, I like the premise. I mean, you know me. I love badass girls, so them beating up on punks in the streets, that's just funny to me. So uh, I just think it's 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 got like a cool, cool uh, design to it. I think the coolest thing about it is that the history of River City Girls is based off of a, like another beat 'em up series, mm-hmm. and that there's like a lot of references to the older genre right. or the older version of the game in River City Girls. Yep. Like apparently, characters come back to this game as you play, and you can like meet them or you can fight them. And apparently, in the sequel, there's even more characters from the other games. Yeah. So like, hey, yeah. I. Uh, I think this will be an interesting game. I think if we if this is the list, we should play it together. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So this is also another reason why I picked this game because this is a game we can play as a tandem, and it definitely will make the experience talking about it. Yeah. So, um, and who doesn't love beat 'em ups? Uh, This is one that I think has mixed reviews, but I want to find out one way or another, like where it truly lies so i've heard good things i've heard that there's some issues but still an interesting game that i uh i figured be easy to play and uh just overall just looks looks neat Mm -hmm. all right broken we've read 10 games and we did it we've we've pitched them now here is the difficult part we got to get down to two my friend we got to get rid of eight of these games so I'm going to say hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you say anything, we're gonna do this. You're gonna pick a game off of my list. Okay. That, that and I'm gonna pick a game off of your list, and we're gonna eliminate those. Okay, I see. Game. And then what we're gonna do is we're each gonna look at our own list and then eliminate one of our own games. Okay. And then we'll be left with six games. And then we're just going to discuss off of the six games and slowly get down to three. And then once we get two, those will be the winner. So I will give you the first first pick. So look at my list. So my list is Chrono Trigger, Stray, Child of Light, Hades, River City Girls. You can pick any of these games and eliminate them right off the bat. And I will say nothing about it. Oh, no. (laughs) One of the games I on your list, I, I kind of, I, I feel like I'm going to get shot for saying this. <laughs> okay. Speaking of getting shot, 
Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Okay. I actually am I'm absolutely fine with you getting rid of Chrono Trigger. It's a game that's been played by it's seemingly everyone. Uh, so I, it doesn't surprise me that it's off the list. And I'm okay with experiencing this game again by myself without having to do a review discussion about it. So I think that's a, that's a fine game to get rid of it, especially con- the fact that it's already heralded. Such a classic. It is. Yeah. I will say, oh. Broken... I love your list. Your the list of five games that you have here, I think, are really, really good. So it kind of pains me to get rid of any of them because I think they're all they all serve they all like have a like a different pitch to them. So I, I I like your list a lot. The one game here that I will say I probably wouldn't play unless we were doing a review discussion is mostly because I'm trash at these games, and I will say I hadn't time. Feeling is a hard time. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna eliminate a hat in time off you know of what? this list. I was gonna say what we should do is uh we should put like a uh, a check mark on the games that we've eliminated so that so way we I'm can... just gonna I'm just gonna mark them red just like that. So okay. they are done. They are red, they're canceled forever. Um okay, so a hat in time. Is is gone. Chrono Trigger is gone, which just leaves us with looking at our list. So we're down to eight games. So I'm gonna look at my list, and I need to eliminate one game here. So what I have left here is Stray, Child of Light, Hades, and River City Girls. I'm gonna say simply because of the fact that I, I'm, I mean, I love experiences like Child of Light and Stray. I don't want to get rid of them just yet. And River City Girls, I think, would be cool to play. So the one game I'm eliminating off of my list, despite the fact that I do like the premise and I love metal and rock and roll, but Hades is going off my list. Hades? Hades. That's an interesting pick. Yes. So I'm left with Stray, Child of Light, and River City Girls on my list. Your list still remains Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, Bloodstained, Darkest Dungeon, and Katana Zero. So I know this is like Sophie's choice with four, okay. four children, but <laughs> I need I know, to get rid of them. I'm thinking about Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen solely because it's such a time sink that if we were to say, oh, hey, here's the game for the month, there's no way you can experience everything in Dragon's Dogma Dark mm-hmm. Arisen in a month. Okay. This game, you could stay in this game for like a year and still not experience everything. Okay. So right. I will... Just for the sake of brevity, Dragon's Dogma Dark Risen is All right, gonna uh, be the game I take off. That's off your list. So we are left with Bloodstained, Ritual or yeah, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, Darkest Dungeon, Katana Zero, Stray, Child of Light, and River City Girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the second phase of cutdowns. Mm-hmm. Broken, I need you to rank off of your list the top three and put them in positions of order so one two oh, three okay all right number one is katana zero okay katana zero number one i'd play the game in a heartbeat right now all right uh two is bloodstained and then okay. three is darkest dungeon okay so katana zero bloodstained darkest dungeon yep i will what do about you okay so mine i'm gonna say I'm going to say Stray, number one, and just the way that it's ordered here. Child of Light, number two, and River City Girls. Actually, you know what? Let me change that. I had a feeling you are going to swap uh, Child of Light with the River City Girls. Yeah, so 
Stray at one, River City Girls at two, Child of Light at three. So here's what we're going to do. Child of Light is going. And you said Darkest Dungeon was three, right? Mm -hmm. So Child of Light is gone. Darkest Dungeon is gone. So we, okay. are, we are down to Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, Katana Zero, Stray, and River City Girls. All right. So now I think what we should do is we should pitch the game again, mm -hmm. but explain why you think out of these two games, they should be the staying games. Because like you said, it could be either both of your games, both yes. of my games, or a mix of the two. Mm -hmm. So I'll go first and I'll say, I think Katana Zero should be the first uh, one of the games solely because it's a fast game. It's quick. You can finish it in like a week and then we can talk about it during the, the podcast next month saying why you thought that game was good. I think honestly, like Katana Zero should be a pit. I think that it's fast. It's got good music. You can experience a lot of the a lot of the stuff in like a week, if not like two weeks. And it's also a really fast, fun game. Right. I'm not even gonna argue with you, Zero. Uh, I almost called you Zero. Broken. <laughs> um, I actually have no no gripes with that, and I'm. I'm in agreement. So I'm actually going to lock it in now. I'm going to say Katana Zero has already got green its spot. Lit. Yeah. So I'm going to mark go. this green. Katana Zero already has one of the two spots. So All right. I'm, I just, yeah, I think that game is worthy of, of being in the discussion for a vote. We got three games left here. Bloodstained, so, Ritual of the Night, Stray, and River City Girls. Advertise your game. Or the first game that you want to advertise. So the okay, so the, even though on the list the first game is Stray, I'm I'm gonna say Stray selfishly, I think is a game that I personally really would enjoy because of the fact that it's atmospheric. But the game that I do want to advertise is River City Girls because of the fact that I think it would be a fun companion uh, podcast to do talking about the game. So I'm going to say I just want to play River City Girls because of the fact that I think it's um, it's it's going to be, one, give us a game to talk about, but two, given from a perspective, from a co-op uh, perspective. So that's that's a main reason why I'm pitching the game. But we don't have to answer just yet. We can pitch the other games before we select. Katana Zero, I just thought was going to be a lock. That's why I just decided to, to put it yeah, in there. Yeah, Katana Zero is kind <laughs> of like a lock game. So. Yeah. Um, River City Girls, I just think, is an easy pick-up-and-play game and then discuss through uh, a co-op experience. So. Yeah, I think it would be fun, too, because basically we could just, like, once a week, we could co-op the game together, mm -hmm. have a, have fun playing it, and then at the end of the at the end of our experience together, we could talk about it, like say, "Hey, what did you enjoy? What did I enjoy?" Right. You know. But let's not lock it in yet. Yeah. I don't. I think that that would that that's not a lock game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bloodstain. I will talk about it right now. So Bloodstain, I love it because it's one of those indie darling kind of games where it's like, you know, hey, did you enjoy Castlevania? Did you enjoy Met? Uh, you know, Metroid. This is one of those games where it's like. As I said before, it's basically Symphony of the Night, but like made by the creator of Symphony of the Night, no longer at, allowed to make Castlevania games. It's really good. It's really fun. 
the game is balanced around and everything can be killed by the knife, mm-hmm. which I thought was hilarious. I did you know that? That's a there's a fun fact about that. So actually, every boss was designed where the creator said you have to kill this boss with a knife. Mm-hmm. So that's how the game is, is balanced. The game is balanced so that like the creator of the bosses were de- were told, can you kill this boss with a knife? If not, you have to balance it a certain way. So you it, there's a lot of like customization. There's I a remember lot of, watching like, AVGN and he was just like, get the knife, just get the knife, <laughs> get the knife <laughs> playing Symphony of the Night. Yeah, pretty funny. But uh, what's cool is that there's actually cool like little Easter eggs where it's like there's a game mode that you can literally unlock where it basically plays like Castlevania. So the game is a lot more mobile and a lot more like free flowing. But there's a game mode where basically you get a whip mm-hmm. and you you walk like Castlevania characters. You know that little strut they have, and like you can't like you can only jump the way they do it's really cool so like i think it'd be kind of like a really nice game where it's like hey we we could play it it's not quick because it's kind of like a hard game but like Mm -hmm. it's something where it's like hey even if we don't beat it in a month we can at least explain like what we thought was fun about the game or not okay so those are the pitches for Stray, Bloodstained, and River City Girls. So this you didn't pitch Stray yet. You I didn't. didn't? I thought I no. did. Uh, no, it just yeah, you haven't. It's atmos- atmospheric, right? Like I, I said, I, I would selfishly really enjoy this game because of the fact that I just think the environment is so cool. The fact that you're playing as a cat, it's you got all these robotic creatures next to you. You don't know why you're there. You're lost. You're away from your family. And I mean, we talked about it. The meow button. I mean, it's dedicated on the controller. So why not? Um, and I, I just think it's a it's a unique, different game that I don't know that any of us, whether you, myself, or Pringle, have experienced before. So, um, I mean, and, and, you know, despite not liking cats, I would still play the cat game. Just saying. There you go. Um, now we come to the difficult decision. We have three we games. Eliminate? We got to pick one. All right. So I'm going to give you my top three from them. Okay. And then you give your top three. And then whatever was at the bottom of both of us, we I, eliminate. Let, let me think about this for a second, because this is hard. So the, the list remaining here is Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, Stray, and River City Girls. Katana Zero is already a lock to get yeah. to, to be in the final two. Stray, River City Girls. Bloodstained. Bloodstained. Well, out of those three, would you want to play immediately? Man, that's tough. I, I Okay. I know what's at what's at number three. I I'm I'm debating with with one and two where to place them. So I can tell you which one is my last one. Now I don't I don't know if you already have your your bottom game out of these three, but go for it. I'm gonna say Stray is number three. Oh, interesting. That's not my number three. What is your number three? I'd say it's actually Bloodstained. Bloodstained. I think that like I love Bloodstained. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's one of those games like. It's not fast. It's kind of a slow-paced game. Mm. So it's not something that we can finish in a month. So I was thinking maybe not that one. Okay. But, okay, go go so, for it. So I'm thinking I think Stray is, a, for the most part, from what I heard, it's a fairly quick game. But also from a review discussion standpoint, I don't know how much we'll be able to talk about this game because of the fact that it's so atmospheric. 
And we can only say so much about that game. I think Bloodstained will probably have more layers to it because of the fact that it, the way it's designed from a game like Symphony of the Night, that's why I left it on the list. And then River City Girls, where I talked about the, the co-op experience that it could be. So I, I think... I think Stray should get eliminated, despite the fact that I picked it. I do think it should probably get eliminated for a review discussion purpose. I would probably play it on my own, but for review discussion purposes, I'd probably get rid of it. Unless you're you know really what? championing it. No, 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 okay. no. I, I, I think I'll, I think it was going to be number two on my list. Okay. So it being eliminated is fine. Okay. I think that's fine. All right. So Stray has been eliminated. We're down to two. Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, and River, River City, Girls. City Girls. So River City Girls is actually my number one. Okay. All right. So what was that on your list? Was it two or I, one? It was tough to me to for me to pick, to be honest with you. I didn't I didn't get that far. I just knew the stray was at my bottom. Between okay. between River City Girls and Bloodstained, I man, I like both of those games. I like the perspective of both of those games. But Man, it's tough. I, I've this is, this is basically going down to you choosing <laughs> yeah, which game gets eliminated. Pretty now. much, pretty much. Yeah, I, it's. I think I think we'll have more to talk about with Bloodstained, but I think the experience playing River City Girls will be more fun, right? It'll be it'll be a, a perhaps a more of a joyful discussion. So just First because two. of that fact, I'm I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say River City Girls is my pick. It's locked. Okay, that okay. works. All that right. works. All right. So River City Girls beats Bloodstained in the final two. And uh, ladies and gents, we have our two game winners. Katana Zero and River City Girls made it to the final. Now it's up to you. The people shall vote. Oh, whoops, I put Bloodstained as green. It should be red. Get out of here. And uh, yeah, Katana Zero, the game that Broken picked. So I'm just going to read these synopsis really quick again. So Katana Zero is a stylish neo-noir side-scrolling action platformer developed by AkiSoft in 2019. And River City Girls is a side-scrolling pixel art beat-em-up game developed by WayForward in 2019. Did you see that? We both picked... That was unintentional. We both picked yeah. a side-scroller made in 2019. <laughs> also, I love the fact that they're both the last games. <laughs> yeah, they're the last games. That's crazy. Huh. So what a weird coincidence. Yeah. Now, one thing that I do want to put out there is that just because Dragon's Dogma and A Hat in Time and all these other games didn't make it out of this list, they could in the future, right? They, they, they're still, they're not eliminated forever. They could come back and we'll talk about um, why, you know, they didn't make it out the first run. But I mean, you know how there's first ballot Hall of Famers. There's also second ballot Hall of Famers, so. You know, on the second bout, you never know. Maybe Darkest Dungeon gets out of the gets out of the bracket. You know, just because you go zero and two doesn't mean <laughs> you can't come back the next time. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad we did this exercise. Katana Zero, River City Girls. Now it's up to the listeners on what we play, and I'm excited. I either way, whoever wins this, whichever whichever games wins, I'm I'm excited to play it. So that is all for the review discussion slash. Spoiler cast, games list. Uh, I think we need a break because that was a, a lengthy segment. That was really lengthy. <laughs> I... It was a lot. It was a lot. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with a take a flyer wrap up and uh, we'll close out the show. I'll be right back. You know, yesterday was 90. Today was 60. My allergies acting up. 
wish it was 60 down here. Dude, living this close to the sun sucks. <laughs> to the sun? <laughs> Bro, do you know how bad it is to live in a car? I told you about my AC problems. Do you know what the worst part of that is? Did I tell you what color my car is? It's black, right? I basically go into a goddamn oven every time I drive. I was told over. I was told that's a myth. I'm not a car guy, so I don't know. But I was told that like white cars and black cars get the same amount of heat. Here we are, the final segment of the podcast. The podcast, the root take a flyer wrap up section. Only three items. First one. One Piece Odyssey has a release date. The RPG set in the world of the popular anime One Piece is set to release. Should I say popular anime or popular manga? Both? Both. Just so both. And the popular weeb medium of your choice, One Piece, is set to release on January 12, 2023. Separated from his crew, Captain of the Straw Hat Pirates, Monkey D. Luffy, sets off on a grand new adventure to find his friends and escape a shipwrecked island. Dangerous new enemies, terrifying forces of nature, and more await them. Are you going to play One Piece Odyssey? <laughs> the left. <laughs> Just a smile on your face. <laughs> that that speaks to me that probably not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I am not. I am not my little brother. I do not have time to catch up. It looks well, neat. It looks cool. I mean, it, it, it does look neat. Here's the thing. My little brother is currently binging One Piece, and he started at the beginning. He didn't start at that thing where, like, oh, hey, you could start at this arc. Mm. No, he's at the beginning. So, like, he has been, he loves One Piece now. He's like, oh, my gosh, One Piece is the greatest anime ever made. I'm like, glad that you like it. You have enough free time in the world to watch that. Yeah, some of us work. (laughs) Some of us have nine to fives. I will say I do think One Piece is of quality. It is really good. I just don't have time to catch up. Like, I'm on Thriller Bark. I've been on Thriller Bark since 2016. I just don't have time to be reading that shit. Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that it's finally in its final arc. But it's in its final arc, which means that, like... There's still so much more to go. There is. I might treat it like how I did Berserk for a long time, as I, I waited until Berserk was either at the end or close to the end. I thought Berserk was going to end. I didn't realize that after the author died that his uh, assistants were going to continue it. So I started picking it up after the author died, and then uh, they put the presumed final chapter. I might do that with One Piece. Not that I want the author to die. I want him to stay alive, but finish the series. And then I'll read it after it's done. I might do that. Okay. Slowly. I did that with uh, uh, GTO. Great teacher on Nezuka. I did that with uh, that manga. You know what mo- uh, What anime I wish like finished? Because the manga finally finished is Gintama. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Pringle's favorite. He loves Gintama is such a good, good anime. Mm-hmm. It's basically, for those who don't know what Gintama is, Gintama is basically Deadpool of the anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. It is. Great characters, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Suikoden, 1 and 2 HD remaster. Konami announced at TGS 2022 that both Suikoden 1 and 2 will be receiving an HD remaster coming to Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Steam sometime in 2023. New additions include HD background illustrations, 
updated effects, new environmental sound effects, autosave feature, which is a big one. Battle fast forward feature, which perhaps even is even a bigger one. And conversation log. There's an even bigger one for those of you who just like accidentally press the button too fast and like, Correct. oh, what happened? Yes. Uh, we didn't have time, I don't think, to talk about it because we recorded on Thursday for TGS. And I think this came out on the Friday or the Saturday. I don't remember, but uh, this is exciting. I might I'm, play it eventually. I, I might as well. I think it's that's a that's one of those games, though. It's like down the line because it's such a long game. Yeah. Yep. But I, I, think it's, I think it's nice that they're adding a lot of the key features that were added to future games that like make it better, like uh bat auto forward because oh god oh yeah that's, forward and it's a must for some of those older games it's a must i'm sorry but like that was one of the reasons why i did not choose chrono trigger because it does not have auto forward because it's like god i just i know i could kill this thing in like in like three seconds but like god it's gonna take a while yeah yep so we'll see uh so far, there's no news on if this will be a bundle or if you can buy them separately also I'm not sure of when it's coming out. I just know it's next year. So sweeping in one and two for you JRPG boomers. And last but not least, Die by the Blade, the one-hit kill fighting game in a samurai punk world. Die by the Blade now has a release date, November 3rd, 2022. Test your skills against unknown warriors wielding a range of traditional Japanese weapons. Be sure to dodge and parry in battle because unlike baseball, one strike and you're out. I covered Die, Die by the Blade in 2021 when I stated the FGC. This did not look at all like how it looks now. It wasn't in a samurai punk world. It was very much in a traditional samurai world, which is a little disheartening because I thought that what the vision they had for it before the delay was more interesting. But this, I understand, this is a more modern, you know, trying to appeal to the, to the zoomies out there. So uh, they put it in the punk world. They got some music. They got some graffiti, which that seems to be a thing for fighting games lately. It's just graffiti on everything. So, yep. Yeah, Die by the Blade. Um, when I covered this in 2021, they just delayed it. It was supposed to be out in 2021. They delayed it to 2022. It's made by, I think, a Swedish team or maybe a Swiss Swiss team. I don't know. It's they're foreign. They're not American. Um, but it looks neat. It's 3D. I think you can sidestep, but yeah, one hit and you're done. So I love the fact that the trailer is all rap. <laughs> it's so weird. So it wasn't like that when they first started the game. I swear it was like traditional samurai. And I remember back in the day. Yeah. It's definitely a different direction to the game. I'm I will say I am less excited for this game compared to 2021. I check. I'll check oh, it out. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out if there's like a playable demo or if it's cheap. Um, hey, I like fighting games. They're fun. So. Fighting games are sick. Fighting games are. What does the Tokido say? Fighting games are so great. Are so great. Yeah. Uh, they are so great. I don't know. Like every time <laughs> I watch it, I watched a what is it? Rev uh, Rev Rev Two, mm. which was a uh, Guilty Gear Strive tournament for Japan. And just watching it, I mean, Gobo won the tournament with uh, oh, yeah, with uh, with, Gold uh Lewis, right? Gold Lewis, yeah. But I didn't expect 
Jiro to go so far, he was playing Anji. And so it was Anji versus Gold Lewis. And that, oh man, that was such a. Watching that made me feel so cool. Like, cool. I was like, oh gosh, it's so sick. Fighting games are so great. Shout out to Tokido. Shout out to Gobu. He was, he was really fun during the Red Bull Kumite. He beat the shit out of uh, Diaphone. Damn. That was a mauling if I've ever seen one. I was like, Jesus, this Eno has no chance. Dude, <laughs> Gobo is the reason why there's like 900 Gold Lewises in rank right now. There's Behemoth Typhoon. Like, like, if it wasn't for Gobo, the amount of Gold Lewis, like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? What is it called whenever like you you keep uh, optimization? Mm, yeah, yeah. Because like, there's a huge push now for Gold Lewis optimization. And it was started because Gobo was like, I think this character has some sauce. And then he showed the world that, oh, this character has sauce. And I now just... everybody's playing Gold Lewis. And it's just like, the moment you get touched once by Gold Lewis optimizers, yeah. you're dead. There's there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's fun to watch with that character. So it's uh, cool. Um, and that's it for the take a flyer wrap up. Now, last week I said that I didn't have time to add ID at Xbox, the showcase. And we, you know, we read TGS, we read state of play. Um, ID at Xbox also happened last week, but I, I went and revisited the showcase. It was a little underwhelming. Like there weren't too many games. I'll be honest with you. A lot of them look Kusuge, like, and like not finished. <laughs> like they don't look good, even in the trailers. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to add these to this list. Cause they look like unfinished Indies. So, uh, not a lot of interesting ones. So I skipped ID at Xbox. Um, cause it's just, I don't know. I didn't see a lot of games that were, I think the only thing from ID at Xbox that I thought was interesting was that Arc system where games are coming to Xbox, which yeah, I'm glad that that's a thing. That was a TGS. That was a TGS. Um, well, that idea yeah, Xbox I'm, was just like an indie showcase, and I did. I'm if you watched this, at least this it showcase, was, it's, it wasn't good. At least it was a Nintendo showcase, which is hey, do you like farming simulators? <laughs> yeah. Here's like five farming simulators back to back. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So um, we didn't miss much from the idea at Xbox showcase. So I'm glad I what I didn't you know, try to like push it into last week's show. And that is all we have for episode five. It is in the books. We have arrived at Orbis, finally on the Osirian continent. And then that's all she wrote for episode five. Broken, my friend. Um, this was fun. This was this really was fun. fun. I like the, I like the spoiler, like the spoiler cast. That was, that was a really fun little game that we played where mm -hmm. it's like, you pick, how do we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do we advertise this? Yes. Yeah, so it was uh, kind of like off the cuff. I didn't really know how we were going to get down to 2 out of 10, but I'm glad we did. Now it's it's in the hands of the people. They shall vote Indeed. Katana Zero versus River City Girls Co-op. I'm excited to see which one they pick. We'll give them a short time frame. Just to wrap up what we talked about at the beginning of the show, Coffee and Combos versus Right to Orbis, Tekken 7 Exhibition. We need people. Please sign up. Discord and every link and every description of this uh, YouTube podcast version. I can't talk. And uh, yeah, so that is all we have for episode five. We will be back with episode six, hopefully with the results of the winner. I think a week is enough time to pick between the two games for our spoiler cast. And uh, yeah, until next time, that was Broken Wing. Insert... Maybe I'm a lion. That's for next week. Uh, 
My name is Max Bleister. Can't do it. And we'll be... Some other time. Peace, y'all. Peace.